a life devoted to Jesus, a life lived for Jesus, choosing Jesus every single day will produce joy in ways that we could not actually understand. How many of us wake up every single day and say, I choose Jesus today, nothing else. A life devoted to him will not only break through any hostility that you might experience, but it will produce constant joy. And it's, it's evident in this passage. Paul chose Jesus and it broke through the suffering that he was experiencing. And he was able then to praise and lift up praises to the people and love them. All of us have a choice tonight. Every single one of us, every single day, we have a choice to either choose Jesus, which leads to joy, like we've said, or choose this world and the things of it, which inevitably will lead to death and to suffering. Welcome to the PC Youth Pod. Thank you for taking time to listen. We are starting a new series looking at the book of Philippians. Choosing Jesus every day is a choice, which means choosing joy is a choice because Jesus provides joy. Grab your Bibles, something to write with, and turn to Philippians 1 as we hear this week's message from Pastor Spencer. You think back to a moment in your life when you had experienced true joy, can you? Think, oh, summer camp was good. Any more examples out there when you've experienced true joy in your life, Gabby? One conference, that's a good one. How about when maybe you got accepted into your dream school? Is that for anyone? Shannon has one. What's yours, Shannon? North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, and Utah. You experienced true joy there? Okay, good. Thanks, Jack, for the water. This is a lot going on right now. How about, okay, one more. Chevelle. I'm deaf. What did you say? When you went swimming with parrots? Parrots, like the bird, you swam with them? Manta rays. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. Not parrots. I've never swam with a parrot. I've also never swam with a manta ray. Monterey, whatever it is. Monterey, California, is that what you're talking about? How about when you got accepted into your dream college? Maybe you've won a state championship. Maybe you experienced true joy when you spend quality time with your friends, when you spend quality time with your family. Joy is a real emotion. Joy is a powerful emotion. And if we're being honest tonight, joy is something that the Lord naturally wants us to pursue. Joy is from the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. God created us to long for it, to seek for it. So you have that mental image in your head, swimming with parrots, going to one conference, summer camp, all those things that make you feel joyful, make you feel happy. Now I'm going to ask you to bear with me one more time. Think of a time when you've experienced true suffering. Can you think of one? You don't have to shout them out, but take a moment and think of a time in your life when you've experienced true suffering, when you've experienced true heartache, true pain. Bear with me. We're not calling on these. We'll be too sad if I call on you. But think of it, suffering, when you've experienced true suffering. Maybe you've lost someone close to you. I know some of you in here have lost a a grandparent, maybe a parent, maybe even a friend you've lost. There's many, many things that could cause suffering in life, that could cause pain, that could cause sorrow. Suffering is real, just as real as joy. It's just as strong as emotion as joy is. But I wonder tonight, which emotion would you consider more powerful? Joy or suffering? Which emotion would trump the other one? Let me tell you tonight that joy is from Jesus. Let's just get that straight right off the bat. That joy is from Jesus. Suffering and pain are not. Joy is from Jesus. 
Suffering and pain are not. I haven't done any research on this, but I'm, I'm willing to guess that for, I could be wrong, but I'm willing to guess for, that for people that don't necessarily consider Jesus the focal point of their life, I'm willing to guess that suffering would be a stronger emotion for those people. So they would say something like, my joy can be crushed in an instant by any amount of suffering. I'm, I'm assuming, maybe even for some of you in here, that if you feel joyful and then immediately there's a situation that causes suffering, the suffering would trump the joy. But I'm here to tell you tonight, that's not how it has to be. It's not how it's meant to be. It's not how it's supposed to be. But for whatever reason, we live in a world tonight that, that has put more emphasis on suffering and sadness and darkness than the joy from the Lord. And we're going to dive into it tonight. So tonight, we, there's a few questions that you might be asking. You might walk in here with, with some questions regarding this. You might say, Spencer, how, how, you talk a lot about the good news of Jesus. You talk a lot about the good news of the gospel. But how, how is the good news of Jesus good when life always seems hard and it always seems not good? How is the good news good when, it actually, when life around me feels like it's never good? That's a real question. That's an honest question. There could be other ones like, Spencer, how do I keep living my Christian life when everything around me is begging for the opposite? And so tonight, we're going to start a series looking at a letter from Paul the Apostle and Timothy to all of the Christians in the city of Philippi. Say Philippi. Can anyone spell Philippi? I'll give someone a big high five if you can spell Philippi. Tyler, can you spell it? No, P-H-I-L-L-E. That says file, probably. Philippi is P-H-I-L-I-P-P-I. And you can read it up there without the A-N-S. Philippi, Philippians are people that live in the city of Philippi. So Paul and Timothy wrote a letter to the Philippians the Philippian church, the leaders in the church, all Christians in the city of Philippi. And Paul, a long, long time ago, went to this city in Europe and started the first ever church in Europe. A long time ago, some 2,000 years ago, Paul went to the city of Philippi and started the first ever church in Europe. And from that time on, the Philippians, the people in that city, were long partners with Paul in ministry. They jumped on board right away. The church was started and they were ready to go. They partnered with Paul even after he left and they carried on the mission of Jesus. They were his number one support, supporters and Paul loved him. Paul loved them just the same. But the city of Philippi had strong Roman roots and traditions. So life was difficult for the Christians that were there. Christianity went way against the ways of the Romans. It was actually at odds. So Christianity and the Roman traditions were completely at odds. So the life that Christians had to live there would be difficult because they're surrounded with things that aren't actually for what they believe. So this is where the letter comes. Paul writes a letter to the Christians in Philippi, and it was a letter of encouragement, and it was a letter of joy, a reminder that life for Jesus is actually successful even in darkness. It's possible. Life with Jesus, a successful life with Jesus is possible amidst a dark world. Some Bible scholars even say that the Philippian, the letter to the Philippians is Paul's happiest letter that he ever wrote. It's called the letter of joy. So a lot of you know that Paul wrote many, many letters across the New Testament. And some scholars would say that the, Philippian, the letter to the Philippians is the most happy, joyful letter Paul ever wrote. So yes, Paul is writing to the Philippians 2,000 years ago, but he's also writing to us tonight. He's writing to you and to me. Tonight and all throughout this message series that we're going to start, Paul is reminding us that we can live for Jesus and follow him wholeheartedly even when we are surrounded with hostility. Does that sound good? Does that sound good? All of you walk in here with some sort of suffering. All of you walk in here with some sort of pain and sorrow. I do. 
You do. I know you do if you're being honest. And Paul tonight is going to remind us that, that joy is still available through Jesus. So open with your Bibles with me to Philippians chapter 1. We're going to start a message series in Philippians, so it's only appropriate that we start in Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, show me your Bibles if you have it. Who has it? Show me. I have mine. This is a new Bible, by the way. Max has his. Phones count today. Open up, power up, whatever you have. Open up to Philippians chapter 1, and we're going to start. Are you guys ready for this? Say, I'm ready. I am ready. You guys focused? I'm focused. I hope you're focused. Philippians chapter 1. Paul opens this letter with immediate, I want you to catch this. Paul opens the, the book of Philippians immediately with thanksgiving. Immediately he gives thanksgiving for the Philippians and the people in that city. He sends words of strength, affirmation, and encouragement. He thanks the Philippians for being constant partners and spreading the good news of Jesus from the moment they heard it for the first time. So from the moment Paul entered that city till the time of this letter being written, they were, they were partnering with him. They were, they were saying yes to the mission of Jesus so that all of creation could know the good news of him. In verse 6, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, Paul says, I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. A lot of you that have grown up in church would know that passage, would know that scripture. And if you haven't heard that scripture, I want to unpack it for you a little bit. Paul is, by saying this, by saying that he is confident that God will continue his good work within you, he is confident that God will be faithful to complete the work that started in the Philippian people and to us. This shows Paul's submission to God and Jesus, and I want to help you understand why. The work that was done in the Philippians, their life change that they experienced, was not because of anything that Paul did. Paul was merely a vessel that, that Jesus and God used to spread the good news, but it was, it was not actually a result of what Paul did. The, the work that had been done in the Philippians was because of God's love and grace. Paul could, have done, Paul could have brought all the glory to himself and said, look what I've done. I've made you amazing people. I've made you great followers of Jesus, but he didn't. He said, I believe that God who began the great work within you will complete it to fulfillment. fulfillment. He instead gave God all the recognition, not himself. He was joyfully thanking the Philippians for their fruitfulness and their faithfulness. If you read this whole beginning of this chapter, it's very, very clear and very, very evident that joy is what Paul is choosing. Paul is choosing joy, and it's from Jesus. He, in a lot of other letters that you would see in the New Testament, oftentimes Paul would, would thank uh, God for those people, for the Corinthians, for all these, for these different people, and then he'd often challenge them or maybe condemn them, or provide correction in certain ways, or maybe even rebuke them. This is the one letter where Paul only provides thanksgiving to the people. It shows that he is submitted to the Lord and how great and thankful he is for what the Lord is doing in their lives. Then, if you keep reading, we are in verse 6. If you keep reading later on in that chapter, Paul slips it in a little bit, and he says, Oh, also, I'm writing to you from prison. And you think, okay, prison... What does that mean? You just said Paul's joyful. Paul was in prison, in prison, imprisonment for teaching the good news of Jesus, for preaching the gospel of Jesus. And the first thing he chose was joy. And a, and a lot of us that grow up in church, a lot of us that know Paul's story to some degree, we know, yeah, Spencer, Paul wrote a lot of letters in the New Testament from prison. Like, so what? Let's, let's hone in on that a little bit. Paul's imprisoned, maybe even on the verge of execution, for telling people about Jesus. And he's writing a letter in the middle of that to a people that have life pretty good right now. And he's still choosing joy. He's still choosing Jesus in the middle of it. 
He didn't say, oh man, guys, like you have no idea how bad my life is right now. I'm in prison. I'm writing this letter to you from prison. He made it really short. He said, he didn't say, look where I'm at. I'm, I'm suffering because of you. I'm, I'm suffering because of what I've done for the Lord. He talks later on about how, how people in, in the prison understand that he is following Jesus because he is in chains. He's, he he's, he's talks about how the good news of Jesus is being preached because people recognize that even though Paul is in chains, he is still being faithful to the Lord's work. So let's hone in on that tonight as we keep going. Paul was in prison, but he was still joyful. I believe in this moment that Paul is a great representation of Christ's love and joy for us, especially when we engage in his mission. Paul then continues on and encourages Philippian people to continue abounding in their love. Go to verse 9. He says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Paul made it clear that the Philippian people, Christians in Philippi, already had great love for one another. They already did a great job about about loving Jesus and then people around them. But that didn't stop him from still praying, I pray that you love even more. He, He recognized, he said it, that the Philippians are a loving people, that they are comforting and generous but he still prayed, I pray that you abound in love. He didn't hesitate to continue praying that prayer. Go to verse 10. Verse 10 says, for I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. Understand what really matters. Nothing on this earth can sustain you the way Jesus can. Understand that is what he's saying. Understand that the life with Jesus is what really matters, not any of the extra that the world would offer. Paul wanted the Philippians to continue to possess the love of Jesus that is pure and blameless. Don't possess a blindless, worldly love. Possess the love that Jesus displayed so that you can live your life to the fullest for him. Verse 11 says, May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. Paul encourages these people to to live a life in Jesus that will bear fruit. When we are in Jesus our lives will inevitably naturally bear fruit and resemble him. When we surround ourselves with the things of Christ, when we we are in relationship with Christ, naturally it is our heart's desire to be more like him because he is perfect and we are not. Paul says, do this to bring glory and praise to God. And notice how at the end of that passage he said, bring glory and praise to God. He He didn't say bring glory and praise to yourself. Because when we bring glory and praise to ourselves and to the things of this world, suffering is inevitable. We talked about joy and suffering earlier. But when we bring glory and praise to God, there is joy. Paul had every excuse in the book to talk about his suffering, to, to, to boast in his suffering. But he still chose Jesus in that, which inevitably led to joy. So I'm here to tell you tonight that choosing Jesus every day is actually a choice which means choosing joy is a choice as well because Jesus provides joy. And a lot of you are like, that was a lot. I just went back and forth. I do not know what you just said. Choosing Jesus every day is a choice. So choosing joy is a a choice as well because Jesus is the provider of joy. Choose Jesus and joy will prevail no matter the suffering or circumstance that you find yourself in. Paul was in prison and he chose Jesus and he experienced joy. A life devoted to following Jesus will not only break through any hostility that you might experience, but it will produce constant and consistent joy. 
a life devoted to Jesus, a life lived for Jesus, choosing Jesus every single day will produce joy in ways that we could not actually understand. How many of us wake up every single day and say, I choose Jesus today, nothing else? A life devoted to him will not only break through any hostility that you might experience, but it will produce constant joy. And it's, it's evident in this passage. Paul chose Jesus, and it broke through the suffering that he was experiencing. And he was able then to praise and lift up praises to the people and love them. All of us have a choice tonight. Every single one of us, every single day, we have a choice to either choose Jesus, which leads to joy, like we've said, or choose this world and the things of it, which inevitably will lead to death and to suffering. And I'm not, and I'm not here saying if, if, you're choosing the, if, you're, if you're choosing Jesus and you're still experiencing suffering, the Bible also tells us that as a, as a Christ follower, follower, we will suffer for him. The distinction I'm making is when you actively choose Jesus, joy will, will be evident in your life. But when you surround yourself with darkness, with sin, with things that are not at all from the Lord, suffering is inevitable. Darkness is inevitable because you're not surrounding yourself with, with things that are of the Lord. You're, suffer, you're surrounding yourself with things that are of the, of, you're not surrounding yourself with things of Jesus. You're surrounding yourself with things of the Lord, of the world. Sorry. Tonight, I think it's, it's easy to, to say, well, Spencer, it sounds like the Philippians had it all figured out. It sounds like Paul had it all figured out. We must remember tonight that the Philippians in no way were perfect in their walk with the Lord. Paul was not perfect in any way in his walk with Jesus. For those of you that know his story, Paul was the, he says in so many passages, I am the worst of sinners. He was in no way perfect in his walk with Jesus. If you don't know much about Paul, I would encourage you to read about him, but that's a whole other thing. And it's important to remember that tonight, we, none of us, any person in here that would consider themselves a follower of Christ, none of us are perfect in our walk with Jesus. Our relationship with Jesus must be, though, one of humility. And humility in our relationship with the Lord looks like this. It's when we realize that, that we are nothing without Jesus. A humble relationship with Jesus is not it's not when, when you say, all right, Jesus, I, you can have these five areas of my life, but this sixth one I can handle by myself. That's not a humble relationship with the Lord. A humble relationship with the Lord looks like, God, here's six areas of my life that I know I cannot handle by myself. They're all yours. Take over. Lead me wherever you'd like. God, send me to any area that you would desire. The moment you realize that, that your relationship with Jesus must be humble, is when you will experience joy. He came, Jesus came so that you could have life and life to the full. He came so that we could have joy. Paul chose Jesus clearly and he experienced joy amidst suffering. So in our suffering tonight, we must choose Jesus just as Paul did. He didn't spend time going on and on about how, the, how inconvenient and hard his life was at that moment. Instead, he, he was joyful and then chose to honor others and lift up his heavenly father at the same time. Like imagine one, getting over like your own suffering, but then being selfless enough to say, thank God for, for the work he's doing in you people, talking to the Philippians. In our imperfection, because all of us are imperfect, choose, to, choose a perfect savior, a savior who will provide joy that goes past our human understanding. Worship team, will you join us tonight? I know this is quick, but I believe the Lord really wants to speak to hearts tonight. I believe that he, his spirit wants to move. I believe strongly as I was preparing 
today, this week, last week, I, I felt strongly in my spirit that, and I've known this a lot, but I felt strongly that this week there was real struggle and real sin and real suffering that was carried into this place. There was real sorrow. And I don't know what that looks like for everybody. My suffering is different than yours. My pain is different than yours. Your pain is different from the person next to you. But, but I had this sense that the enemy really, really wants to attack what the Lord is doing in our lives. And I want to remind us tonight, the, the Bible, God's word wants to remind us tonight that, that there's another option. It doesn't always have to be constant suffering. It doesn't always have to be constant pain. There is joy available. Whether you're a Christ follower or not, we all experience suffering, but there is joy available. I think tonight we, we have a lot to learn from the Philippian church. We have a lot to learn from the leaders in Philippi. And as we dive into this series more, we're going to unpack that. We have a lot to learn from the Christians that lived in that city. They were faithful to the mission of Jesus, as Paul said. They gave, they gave financially to the mission of Jesus. They were always in prayer. They did everything that Paul instructed them. They lived faithful to the Lord, even in a culture that, that didn't want anything of Jesus. They were obedient to where the Lord was calling them next. They, we have a lot to learn from the way the, the Philippians responded to the mission of Jesus. But I think, ultimately, the big encouragement tonight comes from Paul the author of this letter. We see that in his suffering, which, let's just, can we be straight up? I think the suffering that Paul experienced is, I mean, I don't want to speak for everybody in this room tonight, but I think the suffering that he experienced is probably more than anything we've experienced personally. Like, I really want you to think, I really want us to think tonight, what would it look like to be shackled in chains because of preaching about Jesus? Every single one of us tonight have the freedom to preach the good news whenever we want. That's a freedom that you and I have. Paul did not have that freedom. He was on the verge of ex execution because of that. So there's a few things. He was still willing to tell people about Jesus knowing that he was probably gonna be in prison for it. And then in the middle of imprisonment, he was still willing to write almost a, like a lot of our New Testament today and give thanksgiving and joy and praise to Jesus all throughout the, the entirety of it. And there's much more, but I, I just wanna say, I really feel like the suffering that you and I experience is real. I'm not discounting that at all. But the suffering that Paul experiences is, a, I feel like, a whole different level. So we see that in his suffering, Paul still chose Jesus. It's clear in the way he communicated and the way he loved others. Joy is not just for us. Yes, if you choose Jesus, joy will be very evident in our lives. Joy will be poured out on you if you choose him. But Paul made it clear that, that he was joyful and it allowed him to, be, to provide joy to others. Joy is not just for you and me. It should overflow into the way we love people around us. It should overflow into the way that we love fellow believers, just as Paul did. Those of you that have devoted your lives to choosing Jesus, you have seen this evident. You've seen this clear in your life. I'm staring at a room, I say this a lot, of, full of world changers. And I know a lot of you have a hunger and a desire and a thirst to pursue the things of Jesus. And for those of you in here, which is a lot, you've, you've done that and, if you've, and you've experienced these things we've talk about, talked about. It's clear and evident in your life. You've experienced joy beyond what you can imagine. Your relationships with people around you, your people that you hang out with at youth group, the people at your school, they're all life-giving. There's so much life here every Wednesday and every Sunday. The connections I see being made, 
make me so happy to see a new person walk in and feel like they're immediately part of the family is I think a rarity today. But I think there's something special going on here at PC Youth and I, and I do not, I'm not going to allow the enemy to get in the way. So for those of you that have continued to do this, you've, you've experienced life. A lot of you know what it's like to experience true joy during real life suffering. Because Christ followers in here, we, we experience pain, we experience sorrow. We experience hurt, we experience real life suffering. But, but we know that joy is still available, that joy actually will triumph and trump suffering instead of the other way around. I think the world would, lo- would love to say suffering will always outweigh joy. You can be joyful, but the moment suffering inches in, it's gonna, it's gonna ruin your life. It's gonna ruin your day. If you have a joy-filled day and something bad happens, the bad part is gonna be much bigger than the, than the good. I think the world would love to say that, but the opposite is if we choose Jesus, suffering is, yes, there, but joy is much more available. Joy is much more evident in our lives. It's not, it's not oh man, I, I feel good today and then something bad happens and then that's the, the downer. It's, I feel great because I have Jesus and I'm following his path for me. I don't care about the negative. I'm following Jesus and where he's calling me. So a lot of us experience that. And a lot of you, just as Paul has modeled, you're not content with where you're at. You're not content with your current relationship with Jesus because you always want more and more of him. You always want more and more of what he offers you because you are aware, you are aware that we live in a world that's full of hostility. Christ follower tonight, you are aware, I am aware that we live in a world that is full of hostility, but you want more of Jesus because we realize that the only way to break through that suffering that this world is offering is through the joy that Jesus brings. So Paul tonight is a great model for us to follow. This, this passage of scripture is a great model for us to follow, Christian or not, because he modeled his life after Jesus. The life change that Paul experienced is unreal. To be a man who was known for persecuting Christians, to be a man who didn't care about taking somebody's life, especially a believer of Jesus, to then to meet God on the road to Damascus and be completely changed. If, if someone were to tell me, Spencer, I'm, I'm way too far gone. God cannot do anything with me. I always say, read the story of Saul, now Paul. Because the life change that he experienced, it's real. And it's because of the grace of Jesus. So he's a great model for us to follow. He modeled his life after Jesus and he proved it in the way that he loved God and loved people. I love when people say we're in the people business. A lot of people in, in culture would say, yeah, I'm in the finance business, I'm, in the, I'm a doctor, whatever. Those are all good things. But I believe that the church is in the people business. And Paul was a great model for, for how to love God and love people. He chose Jesus in the middle of suffering, which has led him to experience true joy. He preached the good news of Jesus in a world that needs it. So let's go back to those questions that we asked us at the very beginning of tonight. How is the good news of Jesus actually good when everything around me seems to be bad and not good? I'm here to tell you tonight that the good news of the gospel was meant to bring joy, hope, and restoration to a world full of bad news. You don't have to go far 
to find bad news. You don't have to go far to experience hurt and pain. That's the purpose of the gospel of Jesus, to bring light and restoration and hope to a world that's hopeless. The gospel exists in a dark world to bring light. And you and me and every person that would say they are a Christian, we have the opportunity to choose Jesus and to bring the good news with us wherever we go, into the darkest places. We have the opportunity to do that because the world needs it. So the good news is good even in a bad world because it was actually Jesus came so that a bad world could be saved. So the good news is good because of that hope. The good news of Jesus is good because of that that restoration that is offered. As a follower of Jesus, suffering comes, but the joy of the Lord will sustain us through every suffering that we experience. The other question that I felt like might be a strong one is how do I keep living the Christian life when everything around me seems to be just the opposite of that? Spencer, how do I seek Jesus in the middle of a world that is against me, in the middle of a world that is against my Savior? I think we say it every week, culture has turned its back on the things of Jesus and, it, and, it, and, it's, and it's hard. It's hard to, to look at everything around us and, and not know why God isn't present in our schools and not know why God isn't present in our government anymore. All of those things. So Spencer, how do I, how do I live the Christian life effectively in a world that is against Christians? And I would say every day wake up and actively choose the path that Jesus has called you to. And some of you may know the Lord has given you something that he has called you to. Maybe it's to be a youth pastor. Maybe it's to be a doctor. Maybe it's to be a worship pastor. Maybe it's to be a high school coach. You know God has called you to some sort of ministry because wherever you go is ministry. Whatever you do with your life, ministry is needed and is necessary. So some of you may know that. Some of you may not. Some of you don't know what God has called you to. You know you're a Christian and you know you're called to live the life that he has called you to, but you don't know what it exactly is. Wherever you're at in that that equation, I would say wake up and choose the path of Jesus every single day, whether you know the direction or not. Because if you are faithful to follow what God has called us to, God has called us to the mission of Jesus. If you are faithful to that mission, if you are faithful to know God and to make him known, the path will become clear. It won't always be most convenient. The path of Jesus will not always be the most easy and it definitely will not be the most popular but the path of Jesus will be the path that leads to life, not death. There's two options. And the path that Jesus calls us to is life-giving, not death-giving. So wake up every single day in a world that is against you, in a world that is against Christians, wake up every single day and say, Lord, I say yes to whatever you call me to today. I don't know what it is. I don't know how uncomfortable you're gonna make me, but whatever it is, God, I say yes. God, whatever you want me to do, whatever you want me to step into, whatever decision you want me to make, I will say yes, and I will believe that there is joy on the other end. Will you stand with me tonight? We talked about the people in here that would consider themselves Christians, that would consider themselves Christ followers, that would consider themselves modeled after what Jesus did and how he lived. But as I was preparing and praying over this night, I do every week, I felt strongly in my spirit that there's gonna be students here that don't 
that, you, that you've heard about all of this, that you've heard about the joy that is offered through Jesus and, and suffering is really real in your life. And your, your ears have been turned to, to this good news of Jesus, to the joy that is offered through him. Please don't miss this tonight. If you're distracted, please. I believe there's students in here that, that, are, that are seeking hope, that are seeking answers, that are seeking joy. And you've heard tonight that, that joy is offered through Jesus. And I'm here to tell you that there's no other option. If you're seeking joy in, in things of this world, you're not going to find it. There might be temporary happiness. There might be temporary satisfaction. But ultimately, things of this world will lead to sin. And it will lead to death. And I believe that there are students here that have heard about the good news of Jesus and you want it. You want to say yes to what the Lord has for you. You want to devote your life to him. You want to devote to living for him every single day. You want the joy that comes with following Jesus. So with every head bowed and every eye closed tonight, you're in a room full of friends. Peace of Youth is a family. It's not a group of random people that come every Wednesday. We are our family here. And if that's you tonight, can you turn the lights off on the far right? Between you and God, nobody looking around, nobody distracting your neighbor, please. For the sake of salvation, for the sake of somebody's life being changed, take this moment seriously. If you know that you know that you know that you know that you want your home to be heaven and you want to experience joy every single day through your Savior Jesus, and you want to invite him into your life. So I know who I'm praying for. Will you lift your hand? It could be a first-time commitment to Jesus. It could be a, a second-time commitment to Jesus. It could be a recommitment. This could be the fifth time you've prayed this prayer. I see hands going up all across the room. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. If you raise your hand tonight, you can put it down. And I want you, we're all going to pray this prayer together. Say, dear Jesus... Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe you're the son of God. God, I invite you into my life tonight. I devote my life to following you. I devote my life to saying yes to whatever you've called me to. Lead me wherever you'd like. And from this moment forward, I will follow you for the rest of my days. Can we give it up for your life in Jesus today? To stay caught up with everything happening with PC Youth, check us out on Instagram at People's Church Youth or go to peopleschurch.com.